Reaching the fault lines of today. This is Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. I could not avoid talking this week about that gaffe heard around the world. A third-party candidate who would otherwise be insignificant, but yet was on MSNBC of all places. And I say of all places because if there's anybody that's screwed up Syria, it's President Obama and, and the isolationist element of the West, or at least the side of the side of the West policy that pretends to care but ends up doing nothing. And I won't repeat all the details, the painful details of Gary Johnson's response, but he was asked on MSNBC about what he would do about Aleppo. He then responded with a blank stare as he, you know, to his credit, honestly said he didn't know what Aleppo was. He thought it was an acronym of some kind. And yet, what does that mean? And I think at the end of the day, you can, all the hand-wringing that happened, uh, the the analysis, was that fair? And maybe it's just sort of a difficult name, even before the Syrian war, nobody even, many Americans may not have even known where Syria was. But that week, when he was asked just a few days ago, was when the past week there's been on most news networks coverage of the carpet bombing being done by the Russian and Syrian jets above Aleppo of neighborhoods, of babies being killed, of children being displaced in the millions in Syria and Aleppo being the epicenter of that struggle, that battle, that war between on the northeast having elements of ISIS in the southwest having elements of the Free Syria Army fighting and even many factions within, and then Aleppo being the largest city, while Damascus is close uh, large, and that's where the government uh, capital is. At the end of the day, most uh, analysis of population says Aleppo is actually larger. So the the bottom line is, is that not only does it show that Gary Johnson had a knowledge limitation on Syria, to say it mildly, but actually it shows sort of this concept, and I don't think libertarians, the libertarian party has monopoly on this, but libertarians, and especially Governor Johnson, really just doesn't care. It, it doesn't It doesn't feel that Syria affects him or has any import upon his life. Forget that it has a border with our strongest ally in the Middle East, 
forget the the humanitarian consequence of half a million dead, 10 to 12 million displaced out of a total population of 22 million. But what is its strategic significance? What is the need for a applicant for the commander-in-chief position who really the primary function of the president, yes, it is to convey a separation of powers and sign laws and work with Congress and but at the end of the day, one of the primary responsibilities of the president is foreign policy. And representation of the United States abroad in our interests for national security, for economy, for any other areas in trade and networking. But Mr. Johnson just seems to be nonplussed. And then he came back two days later and gave an even far more painful. uh, And I cannot overstate this more painful discussion where on CNN, he was asked by Michael Smirkanish about Syria to try to amend and correct his remarks on what he would do and how Aleppo deteriorated. And he went off on some kind of word salad tangential, bizarre explanation of what happened in Syria, where he he claimed that the Ba'ath of Iraq went into Raqqa and set up shop, confusing ISIS with, yes, there were some Ba'athists in northern Iraq that stood back and allowed, since they were Sunnis also, ISIS to come in because of their disgust for the Shia control of Baghdad, but he thought they went into Raqqa. So his his lack of knowledge became even more obvious and painful to watch. But at the end of the day, it might be a little funny. Well, you know, listen, having family in Aleppo, there's nothing funny about somebody running for president of the United States not knowing what's going on in Aleppo today. Clearly, it's the greatest humanitarian crisis of the 21st century. Left to right, there's agreement on that. But the other two candidates are not, I don't think, any different morally from Governor Johnson. President Obama has, as Lee Smith wrote this week in Tablet Magazine, it hasn't been a mistake of his policy. It has been entirely deliberate. It hasn't been some kind of avoidance. It hasn't been a lack of desire to go to war or just weakness. It has been deliberate. And Lee Smith connected the dots, which I've been connecting for years, but few have made it so obvious that the echo chamber on the left, even those who, as Nicholas Kristof wrote, I admire Obama for expanding health care and averting a nuclear crisis with Iran, but allowing serious civil war and suffering to drag on unchallenged has been his worst mistake, casting a shadow over his legacy, as he wrote in the New York Times. So it, it, it's amazing how they disconnected. And even when he was trying to get public opinion on his side for the nuclear deal, nobody connected the dots because they wanted that nuclear deal at the price of anything And sure enough, President Obama himself, as Lee points out, made it clear that it was the nuclear deal that forced him 
to basically let Assad have his way. He said, in a December press conference, Obama said of respecting Iranian equities in Syria, which translated into plain English, as Lee Smith writes, means leaving Assad alone in order to keep the Iranians happy. And sure enough, not only did they want him to leave him alone, they basically said, we will continue to fund and fuel and arm and send soldiers to fight on behalf of Bashar Assad. That's that's the situation in Syria. And the reality is, is that the left turned a blind eye to it. And even former State Department officials like Frederick Hoff said, quote, the administration's policy toward Assad Syria rests on its desire to accommodate Iran, a full partner in Assad's collective punishment survival strategy, so that the July 24, 2015 nuclear agreement can survive the Obama presidency. And then he later said, Hoff lays out, what I want people to understand is what I've made, what I've had to make the hardest of calls. I think the nuclear agreement with Iran prevented a war and opens a door. I'm afraid that if I use cruise missiles or supply anti-aircraft weapons to make Assad pay a price for mass murder, Iran's supreme leader, who sees Assad as an invaluable agent, will scuttle the nuclear deal. That's the call I've made. There you have it. As Lee lays out, there's a direct connection. It was intentional. It was intentional that Obama, because of this this blanking nuclear deal, gave Iran the green light to maintain their man. Assad would not be in power if that truly had maintained as a civil war. But it was no longer a civil war where you had Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Qatar feeding ISIS and its Islamist Muslim Brotherhood affiliates and other Islamist, uh, uh, peri-Islamist groups, and as you had Khomeinists fueling the Assad regime, Hezbollah now with tens to twenties, thousands of fighters inside Syria with their own jihad, Shia jihad against the Sunni jihad. In the meantime, the humanitarian disaster implodes and any hope of what could have been a crossroads of a possible vibrant post-Arab awakening Syria where you had enough diversity in Syria to actually kindle the need for secular law, for secular society and democracy, then became its greatest obstacle, which was sectarian divisions. Because diversity actually is one of the reasons why democracy can work. Because you had Alawite, Druze, Christian, Sunni, Shia divisions in Syria that could ultimately have necessitated a need to find common national interests as being Syrians and not as simply being religious factions. But instead, Assad fed the religious divisions, fueled radicalization, left ISIS alone, as Wall Street Journal defined it as an entente with ISIS as he tried to annihilate the more moderates. And sure enough, as we saw in the last few weeks, the carpet bombing of Aleppo by Putin's jets and helicopters with barrel bombs from the Assad regime also has basically shown that there was a scorched earth policy from Assad, the triangle of Assad regime, Iran, and Putin's Russia. So, then we have the other two candidates. You have Hillary, 
who basically is going to be a third term of Obama, and as much as she says and some feel that she'd be more hawkish on Syria, perhaps, but she's not giving any solutions. She doesn't claim that the Islamists are the problem, and she has advisors around her that really worry me. And her affiliations with the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt and others also worry me quite a bit, that she would continue the Islamist appeasement and not work to see that there are two major enemies in Syria, which are Assad and the Islamists, not just ISIS. So, the other side, you have Mr. Trump, who can't seem to find enough good things to say about the tyrannical Vladimir Putin, and yet he claims, which I agree with, that the Iran deal was one of the worst deals ever made, and yet how you can counter and end and rip up an Iran deal while also massaging the shoulders of Vladimir Putin when every opportunity possible. And I've yet to hear Mr. Trump say anything negative about Mr. Putin. So I think we're going to turn one ally, be the Iranian Khomeinists, back and instead lift up Putin if Mr. Trump were to become the president, and I don't think in any way that ends up changing at all the calculus in Syria. So all three candidates, one, the libertarian one based in complete ignorance, two, the the left one based in Islamist appeasement and weakness and an inability to understand the need for military power, and the right with a current appeasement of the tyranny of Russians and Putin, also no vision for the Middle East, without any use of the terms freedom or democracy. And what do we tell the Syrians? And as I said, tweeted this week, you know, all we can say is, with tears in our eyes, that the Syrian Genocide Museum in 2046 will have a nice wing for the Kerry-Obama legacy, which also includes Clinton, that basically in the name of an Iran deal ushered in and allowed the West to sit quiet as genocide reigned over the Syrian people. And there will be other wings related to the media's duplicity and hypocrisy on Syria, the UN's corruption related to allowing charities to be controlled by the Assad regime, these truce deals that were all farce after farce after farce, and the lack of vision for a look at the Arab awakening as an opportunity for freedom against the dictators that had been the cauldrons that brewed these radicals for so, so, so long. So, Mr. Johnson, your ignorance is embarrassing. It perhaps may be unfit to be president when it looks at foreign policy credentials and understanding and vision. But it really puts you in par with the other problems and the other candidates. So when it comes to foreign policy, none of us who believe in principle and ethics of freedom and liberty abroad, who believe in preserving real interests of America, which are defending our allies like Israel and NATO and others, and those who share our values on the ground and in prisons across the, across the planet have nobody to turn to this election. None. Zero. If anyone can say that one's better than the other, I would argue. But the gaffe heard around the world 
was quite an embarrassment. I suggest Mr. Johnson get some foreign policy advisors with some chops that understand what's happening because these embarrassments on the world stage are quite significant. Breaching the fault lines of today. This is Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network.